What's going on, Drinking Buddies? Brand new podcast coming right at you. But real quick, you know what we got to do first? We got to have a quick word from our sponsors. Those fine folks that bring you me and this podcast every fucking week. First and foremost, we are brought to you by uh, the video versions of this podcast. That's right, Drinking Buddies. If you ever wanted to experience this show in full HD with no ads, you're in luck. Every episode of this podcast is available on Vimeo for $6 a month or 99 cents an episode. So check that out today at www.anwd.net slash videos. Once again, that is www.anwd.net slash videos. We are also brought to you this week by the merch store. That's right. We have merchandise now. Is a combination of, and now we drink merch, and you laugh, we die merch. It's kind of your one-stop shop for all my bullshit. We have shirts, stickers, mouse pads, so cover your shame in my wares at www.anwd.net slash merch. Once again, that's www.anwd.net slash merch. We are also brought to you this week by the Twitch stream. That's right. That's right, drinking buddies. You can come hang out with me on Twitch on Sundays, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays for the various games I play. Come hang out and chat. We also have an official You Laugh, We Die Discord that's available in the show notes. Come hang out in the Discord. Be part of the community. Share some memes. Play some Among Us with us. Things are really rolling. So if you want to come hang out on Twitch, it's twitch.tv slash Slayer. Once again, that is twitch.tv slash Slayer. My guest this week is the pro-villain himself, Tim Woodman. I haven't had him on in a while, and we just catch up. It's always good to catch up with Tim and hear about his crazy villainous adventures. As he figuratively twirls his mustache through the adult entertainment industry. I always have a good time when Tim's on, so sit back, relax, pop a cold one, and enjoy drinking buddies. started are we doing the thing i guess we could be doing the thing we're we've been Let's recording do the thing we can All just right. talk about technical issues as we start to do the thing like first things first what <laughs> easy does it you're not supposed to spill in the first minute of the show Drinking problem i got startled because i couldn't see the drink in the camera because <laughs> the green screen cut it out like where's my drink and then i spilled it cheers my friend cheers good to see you even virtually hmm it's been far too long. Yeah, it's been eight months. The last time I saw you in person was at my birthday party. Which was a blast. I love that bar. That was an amazing find. I had a wonderful time. Oh, I love that bar. I actually, for the first time in probably seven months, went out to a bar on Friday mm-hmm. and went mm-hmm. to that bar. Well, I was... So when we were there for that party, the guy mixed me a drink based on things that I was saying, which is kind of their thing. I go, you talk and I'll mix something based on what you're saying. Uh, and I'm actually having a very similar drink right now. The background being a person who likes me but doesn't know me that well bought me some tequila that I normally would not even look at the bottle. 
but they found it on sale. It was like a big Costco sale for a one liter bottle of stuff that I feel like they got had because if you spent money on that at all, you spent too much money on it. Does it have a gold label? No, there is neither the word Jose nor the word Cuervo on this bottle. Oh, well, that's good at least. But so, I mean, I can mix it, but I mean, I prefer to mix with high quality tequila and then have a really good margarita. But um, on your birthday, I had a, I don't remember what the whiskey was, but it was a smoky whiskey and probably some Cointreau or some kind of orange liqueur. And then he also threw some chocolate bitters in there because I had wrenched and I really liked the chocolate bitters. So I did the same thing with this one. I'm having what I refer to as a mole rita. <laughs> nice. Essentially a margarita with añejo and with chocolate bitters in it. And it's really, it works surprisingly well. I'm glad they were able to turn you on to a new cocktail. Shit. Right? We, we've been experimenting from there. But I also have good stuff. I have uh, I have another glass of, let's not mix this one. You're too fisting. Oh, you know how to do this show, right? I remember. I've been on this show. Yeah. It's like, you better come ready. Don't disappoint Matt. That would be bad. Blast anyone. And the best part is you don't have to figure out how to get home anymore. That's true. That's like, I could, I could fucking drink this time. I was like, I did not drink last time. But somewhere in my head, I was like, I have to drive home. Yeah, hung out at your kitchen for like an hour or two afterwards, just waiting to come down. You're like, okay, I'll, I'll be good eventually. Uh, <laughs> drink like two liters of water and just pray. We don't encourage don't those things. Don't drive, kids. Don't do it. Don't do it. The car drink goes the way and home, then though. drive. The car's got to get fucking home, that's all. all. right. Luckily, my car and I have an understanding. <laughs> it drove me home that night. My car has definitely driven me home a bunch of nights. It's definitely happened before. So I upgraded. I'm not sure if I told you the whole saga. I had a Firebird. I had a 97 Firebird that I loved the shit out of that car. But I remember. It a Firebird. It's like, it's like the V6 version. Gorgeous, but not a Trans Am. And after years of it breaking my heart, it was, I always called it my, like my goth girlfriend that it, I should leave her, but she only cost me money and heartache, but she's so fucking sexy. I just can't. Uh, I finally grew a pair, and actually, my mechanic that takes care of that car came across a same year, 97 Trans Am WS6, like the top car they made that year. Oh, wow. And he sold it to me for, he must have lost money on the deal. He sold it to me for a song. He's a really great guy. Um, and I sold my car to a stunt guy. He's like, this car looks really bitching, and you won't feel bad if you ruin it. So he, like, is going to put it in movies and stuff. Uh, but now I have I have my goth girlfriend's older sister who's like got her shit together. So I named this car Elvira, and it's just fucking sweet. Uh, so nice. She's really like when she's not all done up. She's really an innocent looking redhead with big tits. <laughs> I should have named her Darla Crane, but let's. <laughs> shit. Besides the new car, Tim, what the fuck you been up to? Quarantining like everybody else. It's not the easiest time to be a porno person. Uh, I'm lucky. My sweetie's got a really good job and is stable. And so we've been surviving uh, and very gradually been putting toes back in the water. Once we finally got some semblance of a protocol uh, and we started giving each other the green light, it's the same basic concept as it would be for sexually transmitted infections. It's just a lot more infectious. Well, it's a lot more infectious and also you can get infected without making a conscious choice to put yourself at risk. Exactly. It's not like you couldn't, but the same idea applies. Like if somebody goes to get a sex, 
uh, panel test. They can go out the next night and bump up these with a total stranger and fucking pick something up and take it to set. So we're already trusting that people that get tested are responsible after they got tested. Right, but so the, the flip side with COVID, with... You, have to, <laughs> you have to be careful. I mean, you have to be a lot more careful. But the protocols are in place, and this is the part that pisses me off so much, not to wax too political, but from the moment this came out, the, the procedure has been clear. Stay at home as much as you can, wear a face covering if you have to go out, and wash your hands if you touch anything. Literally, soap kills this virus. You don't need a special fucking vaccine. You just need soap. Whoa, whoa, so, that's 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 too much for most of America. Apparently, if there's not a really cool fix, they don't want to do the easy thing. So I, I an hour and a half ago was grocery shopping. Oh, and got it. Literally, like store very clearly must have mask enter store. Motherfuckers yeah. like mask on their fucking chin, like. Uh-huh. I watched this guy mask on his chin. I kind of mean mugged him. Yeah. He didn't care. Secure, like the store staff said something when he pulled his mask off. Minute the staff was outside, back on his chin. Like, fuck you, buddy. Jesus Christ. It's not that difficult. This is not freedom of expression. It's you may have a virus. Please keep it in your nose. Yeah. That's all. So like you have a little common courtesy to your fellow human. Yeah. That's all. America is wonderful for a lot of things. I love it here i love being uh, an american but the me first attitude the success at all costs attitude and the lack of community spirit makes it easy for dumb fucks to not do the obvious thing to protect everyone and feel justified doing it it's just ridiculous yeah but i've been back to work i've shot some really awesome stuff not a lot i've had like four shoots since february Jesus. but they've been really great i shot with uh sheree deville just recently and that oh, very morning, cool I love her so much. She's an she's an angel. She's so sweet to work with, and she's got these huge blue eyes, and she knows how to play a damsel in distress. Like she's not just like in the ropes and going, oh oh, well, all right, let's fuck down. She's like she knows how to sell it, and she's just oh what a delight. And I work with Sarah Vandella. I don't even know how to describe Sarah Vandella. She's amazing. I do, but she's, it's not polite for the internet. I I, I um. I'm sure she would take it to the spirit intended if you said she was a fucking sex machine made out of steel and leather and you just want to ride her until she breaks. Uh, Sarah doesn't like me, so... Uh, well, then I won't tell her you said that. You didn't <laughs> say that, I said that. You said that. Uh, we have footage and proof that you said it, and I kept my mouth shut. Yeah, you sure did. You were polite. And I shot with Lyra Lockhart. That was my other one other thing. And she's a doll, too. I don't know if you know her. She's relatively new. No, I don't know her. Uh, I only met her, I think, last calendar year. And we got some content in uh, January before everything went to hell at AVN. And then not too long ago, a month or two ago, um, we both got tested. We both quarantined. We went to a secure, safe location that we knew was clean. And we shot some really awesome stuff that involved an awful lot of fake blood uh, and some beatings. <laughs> I have like plastic sledgehammers and shit. Like Halloween's my best time of year to buy stuff. <laughs> I have so many ridiculous over the top weaponry that just is meant for like reenacting Saw or some other horror movie where you're just I I have a vision of you. Um you've seen the movie The Wrestler, right? You know, I never saw it, although I understand Marissa Tomei's naked in it, so I oh, really yeah. should. Oh. I've it... seen that bit on more than one 
Hell, like if you want to really see a good Marissa Tomei in sex scene, see uh, the movie Before the Devil Knows You're Dead. Mm, okay. The opening scene of it is her having a very graphic sex scene with Philip Seymour Hoffman. Okay, I'm going to stop after you said with and just stop, but everything before that sounded awesome. Oh, no, 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 no. It's, it's great because, like, Philip Seymour, Seymour Hoffman Hall. is not, like, an Adonis, so it's like, holy shit, I could beg up Marissa Tomei. I love him. I love his work. I think he's a great actor. And I agree with you. I think, actually, part of my appeal is that I am not some ripped 26-year-old that spends his life in the gym. I had more hair when I started than I do now, but... I'm successful because of, yeah, I'm successful because of my skill set and because of my professionalism and reliability, not because I'm not, I'm just not that gorgeous. I'm slowly turning into riffraff from a short picture show. Hey, then you'll get a cult following. It's great. I hope so. I'll get the long golden shoulder pads and. We just got to get you like a suit jacket and. I did. I was in Rocky Horror. That's actually how I got started. I'm not sure if I, I'm sure I told you this story before. Tim Woodman was born out of the chaos of the guy who plays Tim Woodman uh, was part of the Rocky Horror cast in Pasadena as a young lad. And at that time, superstar fetish bottle Darla Crane was magenta. So when I met her, uh, she became, that's how I got into porn without going over into too much detail. I will say that the butt behind me had something to do with it, but. I'm not even going to say whose butt that is. I'm going to let people try and figure it out. Welcome to the new segment on Now We Drink. Name that ass. Whose butt is this? Duckcom. It's not mine. First hint. Mine's not quite that shapely. Well, it's a shape, but it's not that shape. Uh, everything's a shape. That's true. So what have you been up to, my friend? Uh, I have been doing this like this. And you can do this. I, I can. It's not quite the same. I, mean, I would much rather, you know, we were around the table actually like, pounding drinks and getting silly, but it's good to see you like this. It's good to see you at all. Sir. Exactly. It exactly. Is. You're drinking bourbon tonight. You're mostly bourbon anyway. That's what my doctor tells me at least. <laughs> You're mostly bourbon, Matt. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's really weird. Like the nurse draws my blood and just takes a shot. And like, mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. know. It's a little salty, but I like it. It's like a coppery bourbon. It's a, it's still been, you know, it's barrel aging. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. Um, on top of that, I've been doing, I've embraced being a Twitch streamer quite a bit. Ah, okay. So I've become a nerdy cam girl, effectively. Nothing wrong with that. No. Nothing wrong with that at all. It's the parallels between Twitch streaming and camming are becoming more and more apparent every fucking day. I have, It's all entertainment. Well, it's all entertainment, but I'm getting stuff like, People that are spending next to no money on the stream mm-hmm. making demands. The most judgmental comments. Yeah. Well, uh-huh, not, uh-huh. not even judgmental comments, just fucking demands like, oh, Matt, you should uh, change your stream time because it it you know competes with these other streams I watch. Like, yes. It inconveniences just, me because right. my mom makes me do my homework at four. Could you wrap it up before then? Right. Uh, and back in my head, I'm like, you've spent 50 cents. In months are watching me. 50 cents. Prorated that's less than a penny a day, motherfucker. Right? You couldn't feed me if I was a starving African child for that rate. Unicef is not coming through on that rate. It's human nature. And it's interesting. I actually, I don't know whether I find it comforting even that more or even that much more disgusting that if you take sex out of the equation, 
humans are like this to each other anyway. Yeah. It's not just cam girls. Like you said, it's like fucking Twitch performers, like Hollywood actors, like Bill Shatner, the shit he puts up with on Twitter. And he's like, why, why are you bothering this old man? He was right. <laughs> 50 years ago. He was in a sci-fi TV show that you weren't born when that was on. Like, fuck. Yeah. It's um, just, wow. Like, cause I provide a service to you that, you know, and other people you feel, and I, choose to interact with you You're like oh i can make demands of this person like, yeah no no you're not my friend that can even make suggestions right on the other hand the people that pay are they like really nice the ones that pay like more than 50 cents oh yeah i mean isn't it the most amazing things the the actual fans that spend money are the nicest people you could ask to meet they're what? the nicest people 100 percent I, I have a couple people that are, you know, regulars in the stream that have dropped just serious coin at random. I mean, none of it's like big cam girl money, but, you know, it's money. It's still, they're like spending money. And like, don't ask for shit. Like, I, I think the biggest demand is like, I've ever gotten from one of my bigger spenders was after four hours of being on stream, I'm like, hey guys, do you want me to call it? Or do you want me to keep going? And they were like, Eh, why don't you call it for the day? I'm like, you know what? You want me to call it for the uh, day? I'll call it for the day. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But I, I yeah, love it. I've got my custom video guys. Some of those guys, the ones that pay for custom videos, they drop upwards of some of them up to three grand to make a video. Wow. Like a 30 minute video the exact way they want it. And when I give them the net product, they're like, this is amazing. It is so wonderful. I kind of wish you might have done this one thing slightly differently, but it was really wonderful and amazing. And please tell the model how much I appreciate it. Like they gush. They're so nice. Whereas the guy that spent $6 on my clip store was like, dude, put on a shirt. Your your chest is too white. I'm like, fuck off. You spent $6. I don't care right. what you think of my shirt or my chest. Like this wasn't really made for you. You're consuming yeah. it, but this was not made with you in mind. Yeah, or the guy on Twitter who like has never paid for my product and wants to tell me what I should or shouldn't do, or I would have bought this clip if only you'd have tied her this way instead of that way. Like, well, then you spend the money and I'll tie her that way. Right. It, it's supply and demand, not demand. But the but the ones that supply, the ones that bring in the money and pay for the product and value it, are so nice to me. I just. It's so extreme in both directions. The cool guys are so cool, and the jackasses are such jackasses. I know, and <laughs> there's nothing in between. <laughs> and this is really my first endeavor, like where I'm making live content that people actually. Because yeah. at the end of the day, negative contents about this show, I just off. Well, yeah, I don't care. Don't care. Like I'm gonna keep doing the show. How I'm gonna keep doing the show. The positive content comments, I'm like, oh, well, thank you. Like. That's nice. It's nice. And that's all it is. But Right. Where the Twitch stream, since I'm live interacting with people, brings another level of interaction on my socials and stuff like that. Yeah. It's the first time I've had to deal with, like, people making demands on how I do things. It's weird. I mean, it certainly makes you, like you said, it makes you feel for cam girls who are inundated with such demands. Oh, yeah. Usually by people that aren't paying them or are paying them very little. Yeah. I, I've heard those stories forever. Very strange. You know, my friends are on OnlyFans or camming, and they said the same thing you do. It's always the douchebag who's spending no fucking money, who yeah. is the biggest critic and the biggest, do this, change that. And their big spenders are always like, I love what you do. Yeah. Isn't that weird? 
Oh, I have been doing something else. Uh, I should tell you other fun stuff I've been doing so that I can pretend that this is a promotion and thus write off these drinks. Uh, <clears throat> so I got this bitch a new car and I decided to try and make it work for me. So I ripped off Jerry Seinfeld and I put up my phone on the dashboard and I started inviting my porn friends that I've worked with uh, for a ride. I'm like, I will take you to drive through anything you want. Let's go somewhere. I'll buy you lunch or dinner or a coffee or a donut or whatever the fuck you want. And let me interview you in my car. Like comedians in cars getting coffee, except this is, so I call it porn star drive through And it's just the one car, but it's a really rich car. Hell yeah. Uh, and that was going great up until, I don't know, mid-March. And then something happened and now nobody's doing stuff. But I had started a YouTube channel. So I know, I subscribed. Look- uh, that's right, you did. Thank you, my friend. That's really cool of you. That you're that one. <laughs> but um, and then when I couldn't do that anymore, and the isolation was starting to get me down, I pulled my guitar out, and I just sat next to my car because I'm obsessed with the car, uh, and I started playing guitar for YouTube, and I started just playing songs, and people seemed to dig it. Oh. So if you hashtag villain croons. Uh, I'm, I'm playing like, you know, old, cause I'm old. So it's like eighties, big hair ballads and shit like that. Every rose has I did its that one. You know, I did that one. I know. You know, I did you that You have one. to. But then I started getting requests. And again, it's funny. It's the people that are my supporters that are so politely asking for requests. And it's like really, really cool. So I'm doing it. So somebody, I'd never heard the song. A friend of mine, uh, who took my bondage classes a long time ago and we just stayed friends. He asked me to do 16 tons. That's what I did. I, yeah. like, I don't know that That's got to be a song. The way you said it, it must be a song. And you know it. Uh, it's an old um, Tennessee. Um, oh, fuck. Now I'm blanking on his name. Tennessee. What's his name? Tennessee Williams. Um, that's the playwright, dude. Oh. Tennessee Ford. Might be Tennessee Ford. Dude had this bitchin' old song. Like if you go to YouTube, you'll see him snapping and singing it and looking like just the badass that Desi Arnaz th- thinks he is. Uh, and it's kind of a cool coal miners. Tennessee uh, Ernie Ford? Yeah. Internet, for the win. For the win. And I hadn't heard it all the way through. So I'm like, all right. And I listened to it. I'm like, this is a villain's tune. I got to do this. So I did it for him. And it's like, I, I rehearsed it for like two days and then I just threw it out there and it fucking came out great. So I've been having fun fulfilling, you know, musical custom requests for free because I got nothing better to do. Have you thought about doing it live on Twitch or one of the other streaming platforms? Um, I, there's only so many songs that I can hit with this deep, gravelly bass voice. Uh, so I've just been recording them and putting them out there on YouTube for later. But what I was thinking was whenever restrictions lift, getting me some guest singers among my big breasted co-stars and see if any of them want to come on and do it with me. And then maybe we'll do it live and recorded. Hell yeah. Uh, that could be fun. But a lot of those girls can sing. Oh, I know. I know. I mean, I've been to porn star karaoke. It's... Yeah. I miss that so much. I had so much fun doing that. One friend made me go one time. I'm like, this is stupid. I want to go to karaoke. Are you kidding? And I went there. I'm like, this is awesome. You guys are so stupid. It's hilarious. And, but some of them are really, really good. And then the fucking fans will come up there and sing. Some jackass always sings creep. I'm like, please stop. Just stop doing that. You're, you you're, are a creep. You don't belong here. We know. You don't have to sing about it. Right. You're just being a self-fulfilling prophecy right now, buddy. Oh, uh, so self-fulfilling, but whatever. The lack of self-awareness sometimes is 
It's brutal. <sighs> it's brutal. Probably. So what, what? What? Do you have a favorite? Like like a one guitar song, like turn the page or something. You're like, oh, I'd love to hear that. I mean, I could definitely be down with some Bob Seger. That would. I did Bob Seger. I did turn the page. It was awesome. Um, I'm thick because I actually could hit the notes, and I didn't think I could because they're way up there, and I'm way down here. But I was thinking of maybe doing Fire Inside. Um, or I don't know, he's got so many good songs, but he's got a high voice. Yeah, and a lot of them are more orchestrated. But turn the page, you could do pretty easy with one guitar. No offense to Metallica, I thought I did it pretty okay too. I'm sure you did it better than Metallica. I thought they did it great. I really like the Metallica version, but I like the Bob Seger original better. But I really like the Metallica version. Uh, it was all right. It was all right. Um, it's funny. Uh, Ginger, uh, I think Ginger Lynn is guest starring in the video of that. Oh yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. I was on her radio show. Her and um um who's the Armenian girl? Um Christy Canyon. Oh right. I was on their vivid uh podcast or whatever, you know, whatever it was before they were podcasts. Uh the serious XM life. That I was on their interview. Speaking of Metallica. And as we a, were kind of. As a fellow metalhead, what do you think of their drive through concert series? Like drive in concert series. You can't think I actually currently listen to or pay attention to music culture at all. It's Metallica. I I hit like this Iron Maiden, my favorite band of all time, until about '96, and then I just stopped. I'm like they're great, and I'm going to stop paying attention now, so I don't have to watch them do the slow disintegrating burn that Motley Crue did. Motley Crue. I wish to God I could go back to 1989 and see them then during like Doctor Feelgood. I don't want to see them now. I watched the mockumentary thing on Netflix. That was fucking awesome. It took me back, but I don't want to see them now. And I grew up with, we grew up with Metallica. I remember when Ride the Lightning came out and then Master Puppets came out. And then I went back and found Kill Em All and learned the whole story. And by the time Justice for All came out and then Black Album, and then I'm like, we, we should stop. We yeah. should stop We now. should stop right now. Just don't don't keep doing this. So yeah, I've heard some more recent Metallica, but I don't really pay attention. Well, Somebody gave me Death Magnetic. I've not unwrapped it. Death Magnetic's actually not bad. It, it, it I, is. I believe you. I just I'm I don't want to. I, I like what I remember. This is music of my childhood, and I'd rather they not fuck with it. But when they play live, they pretty much do old stuff. I'm sure they kick ass. I just don't want to risk it. I, I I I listen to new music now. Like the Billy Eilish and shit like that, I think is amazingly and so. I never would have thought of that. Nobody would have thought of that when we were sixteen. Uh, so I really like where music is going. Every generation, with the exception of the entire nineties. Uh, I'm sorry, it's just there was too much whining. There's some but good stuff that came out of the nineties. There was some good stuff that came out. Like, most of it was Mo- just a bunch of whining frat boys, and I can't. Oh come on. Most of Allison Chan's discography comes out of the nineties. That's true. But like everything that was a soundtrack to Scrubs came out in the 90s too. I'm like, just please, pop music in the 90s turns my stomach. But, and I'm exaggerating, there's a lot of good music in the 90s. There's always a lot of good music. You just have to decide what you're going to let reinforce your opinion and what you're going to ignore. Well, we also live in an interesting age of music now where there aren't as many tastemakers as there were previously. I'm sorry, there aren't as many what makers? Taste makers. 
taste makers. Because you were exposed to new music primarily through MTV, the radio, people who There's just- too many channels. You're right. It's like when there was only eight radio stations, we were all influenced by the same eight radio stations. Right. We were influenced by the same eight radio stations. Whoever was programming, directing MTV- Maybe some taste. We listened to what they said. Yeah, we had no choice. We had all those tastemakers. Now everyone can have a studio in their own house. There are all these streaming platforms. It's hard to find stuff. Nothing's curated for you. You have to stumble upon it. Yeah, it's funny when we were when the internet first came out. We were all like, "The internet's forever." If you go out there, it's always out there. But now we're like, "The internet is too huge for anyone to ever absorb all of it." So even if you were naked for 10 minutes on it, nobody remembers. And you can't, it's not, it's harder and harder to go viral. It's harder and harder to be a sensation, like you said. So there aren't trends really. Well, exactly. And unless the algorithm picks you up on yeah. certain platforms, discoverability is hard. The, yeah. Podcasting is the last wild west medium. It is probably the best medium. I mean, you know, I might be speaking for a reason about this um <laughs> but podcasting is the best medium there is because it it's the last unscripted wild west medium where you can do pretty much anything with this medium because apple is so hands-off on the flip yeah. side there is almost no discoverability for this yeah. medium it's like inter- uh independent radio or television was in the 1980s or before the internet it's like you're some local broadcasting station nobody's hearing you but you could do whatever you want yeah yeah that's wayne's world yeah, was, it, that was what they were aping. Yeah, exactly. We're, it's public access, except the public could be anywhere. Because I, you know, exactly. I've gotten listeners all around the world, and that traffic is all based on who was on that week. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, hey, you were looking for someone with Tim Woodman, and this interview will pop up. Do you think anybody finds this interesting? But me and you, are we like, am I wasting your podcast right now? Should we oh, be talking no. about tits? Okay, because I started to feel guilty there. Don't ever feel guilty about that. Okay, cool. This is not just a porno podcast where we... I mean, I love... We could stay there. I'd be happy. I I love tits. Me too. I love tying them up and beating them. I love that you love that. You do what you're good at in this world. Well, I do what I'm mediocre at and just keep doing it anyways. I'm sitting on something. I don't know. I, I'm I'm scared to talk about it because I don't want to jinx it, especially on the record. Oh, come on! Of, you're gonna, you can't tease an exclusive like that and then walk away. One from of the all-time greats, one of the last A-list talents, and I don't mean that like this person is old and crusty, but like there just isn't A-list talent anymore. But this person still is. Privately messaged me and said, "I want you to tie me up on camera. I've never been tied up on camera." Oh. And this is like a, a mecca for me. She's been in the business. Nobody's been in the business as long as me, except like Julia Ann. Uh, but she contacted me and said, I'll pay you to tie me up for my, I don't know what, OnlyFans or whatever platform she's using. I'm like, I'm fucking there. And then COVID hit one of her family members. Something, I don't know. She said that there was an emergency and she couldn't do it. So I'm waiting for her to reschedule. And I don't want to say it in case it never happens. Oh, I'm really curious. Dude. Uh, you'll be the first to know. I promise you'll be the first okay, to know. Okay. I can't say because then if it doesn't happen, I'll look like an idiot. Well, I mean, that's just how this business goes. Is, you know. I did get to tie up Julia Ann, who's been in the business literally longer than me. Like, And not a lot of people can say that. Um, and she hired me. That's not. I didn't even convince her to. She said, I'll pay you. This was during the early days of the lockdown. 
we both of course, we were tested and in fact being a villain is very i'm used to wearing a mask it's like you want me to throw a bandana over my face if i right. got like 20 what color do you want <laughs> so we shot safely with a cameraman who had also been tested and was shooting from far away so that he could just you know zoom and everybody was safe as we could be but um and she'd been tied up once or twice before but uh but not by you not by me but i don't know when she's releasing it but she paid me to shoot and that's such a compliment because i really look up to her a lot as far as what she's done for the industry and how long she's been in the industry uh so that that felt really good to think somebody like that chose me to tie them up because i'm not the only game in town for sure wouldn't it be crazy if she just wanted that for a private and just wanted it for herself to do diddle the bean too Dude, I will come on my camera right now. I'll just <laughs> oh, stop talking. <laughs> I I have that effect on people. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you Twitch people all the time. We're like, stop it, Matt. I'm come. <laughs> hey, I'm pretty for that. Medium. How do we get there? <laughs> you coming on a camera? I don't know. I don't I know don't where know that obscenity came from. I just pitched an erotic fantasy to you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not sorry. No, I, I would be embarrassed if you were sorry. Not <sighs> back to the the music front. Oh yeah, yeah. I I know you're not keeping up with music, but the fact that Metallica is doing fucking concerts as drive-ins is just mind-boggling to me. I did hear about that, and I think it's brilliant. I mean, drive-in technology has existed forever. Why not reuse it in this way? Keep people be in their own isolated their own sound system, just like it used to be, and just pop them up on the stage and play live for people. I think that is awesome. I think it's really great they're doing that. I think it's great, but it's also really not how I'd want to experience a band like Metallica. It's better than not experiencing them, though, I guess. I mean, if you need to get out of the fucking house, get in your car, take it somewhere and sit in your car, and then see one of your favorite bands from childhood playing live on a screen in front of you, and you're not in your living room. It's a compromise, but as compromises go, I love how my hair keeps appearing and disappearing behind me. It's cracking me up. I mean, the the one nice thing is you could potentially have public sex to Metallica and get mm-hmm. away with it. Am I not supposed to admit to anything at this juncture? You can admit to whatever you'd like. As long as the statute of limitations have passed and you won't be arrested for it. I only saw Metallica once. I saw them... Uh, after Justice for All, no, it was after the Black Album. The, the, um, oh, I'm blanking. This would have been around 93, maybe. I think it was around 93 I saw Metallica. So, like, like they were filming Binge and Purge, but I don't think I was in it. That oh, live thing they did. The giant box set? So, yeah. Somewhere around then I saw them, and they had just cut their hair, and we were like, fucking, you've cut your hair, you fuckers. But oh. then we went anyway. Oh my god! The, the just talking about that box set is like that's something that the current generation will never get to experience. Is like fucking giant boxes of physical media. I saw a cartoon like the old man is uh, his son's going off to college, and he shows him his old music system from when he was in college. And it's like six feet tall. Like this is the biggest speaker system in the whole dorm. And his son's like, "I'm sorry." And he's like, "No, that was cool back then." Right? You don't understand. You understand? This was bitchin'! Bitchin'! You can tell how old we are because we both have these big clonking things on our head instead of those tiny little buds in our ears. Yeah. I hate those things. I do too. 
You you actually have the exact headset that we usually use at the table. Exact. What is on your head, by the way? It looks like an Arby's logo. What are you wearing? What is that? It's a nihilist Arby's hat. Because there's nothing. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. Have you, the, okay. Are you not I've seen their Twitter? Nihilist Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. And it's nihilist Arby's. Yeah. I rock the Your product representing for them. I love it, dude. Proudly. Proudly will represent. And you know, they have a music tie as well, right? No. Do you know who actually is the mind behind Nihilist Arby's? No. Brendan Kelly, the lead singer of the Lawrence Arms. Okay. Should I know who that is? They're a fairly successful punk band. You're going to edit that part out where I didn't know where they are? No. no I don't think so. But they're a fairly successful punk band out of Chicago. All right. That's cool. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I knew they existed. I didn't know the backstory. Oh, and Arby's corporate did the most amazing thing a couple of years ago. Instead of sending him a cease and desist and telling him to stop this. They, so he has a day job because he's a semi-successful punk rocker as an advertising copywriter. <laughs> That's ironic, but go on. They showed up at his office with a bag of sandwiches and a puppy. And a puppy. And a puppy and like a letter that said, everything's not so bad. Have some Arby's. That's amazing. <laughs> That's badass. It's like the people that run the Wendy's Twitter. Like they know, they understand something. Whoever they're letting do that. Good for them. Well, and it's just like, wow, wow. How a brand can handle like such something so well. Yeah, and get it. The corporate America to be like, we get this and we think it's great. It's like, that's really weird. Yeah. Awesome. Like, really you're not sending a horrible cease and desist. Stop using our logo and, you know. Talking about shooting heroin in our bathrooms. Mm-hmm. It's not so bad, Brendan. Here you go. That's a lot. That's awesome. And what's also crazy is Nihilist Arby's as a Twitter account has 10 times the Twitter <laughs> followers that either the band or he does. No, that's brilliant. You see, you stumble on a great idea sometimes. You stumble on a great idea. Well, and it was one of those things where like, when I saw they were doing merch, I'm like, I will happily, happily support this account. That's really cool. So we should, uh, well, we're still on the music subject and we've already changed gears to nihilist fast food, but we should, we should take a moment and cheer the memory of the greatest guitar player the eighties ever saw. Maybe the world ever saw Edward Eddie Van Halen. And we were there like 1984. I was, it was 1984. I was 12. He revolutionized. I don't think it's, I don't think it's exaggerating to say he had every bit as big an effect on the way the guitar is played as did Jimi Hendrix. 100%. 100%. He will be missed. We were lucky to have him. Uh, cheers to Eddie for a life well led. Hell yeah. Gone too soon. Hmm. When I heard the news the other day. It's like this Mole Rita. Gone too soon. When I heard the news it was just the yesterday, day. right? Yeah. I've, I've lost days of the week this week because I've been going to bed at like 5.30 in the morning. So I've lost days of the week since March, but go on. I mean, it's been like that too, but it's been a little worse this week since I've been sleeping, going to bed in the morning. and uh, So days have kind of lost track. When I heard about it, I'm like the first thing I did was put on hot, the video for Hot for Teacher. That was a classic moment. Well, just and I'm trying to keep in perspective how many how many young people 
know who he is, at least. But like all of Twitter is like, did you know that he played the guitar solo for Beat It? And I'm like, how does anybody not know that? Well, of course you don't know that. You weren't alive when it came out. Like hell. we all saw it on MTV. We're like, look, it's Eddie Van Halen. It's like, how did you not know that? The, of course they don't know that. It's not appropriate of me to even ask. Well, for it just fuck's shows sake, how old I am. Mike Michael Jackson's been dead for ten years already, right? If if not longer. What I didn't know is he did that guitar solo in one take for free. That's awesome. Like as a as a favor to their mutual manager. He just came in and did a guitar solo in one take and then just left and he never got paid for it. I'm like, that's fucking awesome. That's, that's, I didn't know that. That's <laughs> and that's why music's amazing sometimes because music is just a weird, like, intermingling of personalities and yeah. relationships where people, where just shit like that happens. Like, it's like Sting singing on Money for Nothing. Yeah. When that all happened, we're like, who's imitating Sting? Well, that, that was really him. And he probably did it as a favor because he thought Mark Knopfler was cool. Yeah. And they both spoofed the I Want My MTV bit in this song. And we're like, this is like blowing my mind at the time. With like, some really problematic lyrics these days. Oh, God. And I hate that the radio keeps editing it out. It's like, you know what? Just admit, be cringy, and don't deny that it happened. Acknowledge that it happened and that we know better now, but don't keep editing it out like it's not there. Yeah. Especially in that song where the singer is actually making fun of a conversation he overheard, the net result of which is, yeah, that little that little faggot's got his own jet airplane. <laughs> that little faggot's a millionaire. Yeah. It's like he's not how that's the good way to use that. Yeah. <laughs> but I get it. It's like it's a triggering word, and we we're we know better now, but uh, hell. Dude, Aerosmith's dude looks like a lady would never fly these days either. Or like Aubrey Kate would own the rights to the song. Oh, <laughs> <gasps> uh, yeah, it, she's it's, a pretty. I tie her up. She's pretty. I've met her once or twice in industry functions. Like Aubrey Kate, you are rocking your existence. I hope you do well in life. Me too. I mean, I hope she does Damn. well. It. It's unfair to look at art created decades ago under a current magnifying glass. It's important to, but you have to have the context. I mean, you look at old Tom and Jerry cartoons or old Bugs Bunny or whatever, and like they're like fucking mammy. There's fucking mammy. Yeah. yeah, they're using blackface in their cartoons, or they're using just like the most amazing racist, sexist, pro smoking. Never mind the overtop violence. It's just so many other things that we're now like, oh god, I can't believe they did that. Well, and this is America. We're still a okay with over the top violence, obviously, but not nipples. No, no, it, it, it's crazy. It always has been. You could kill a thousand people and have it be PG thirteen as long as there's no blood, but you get one fuck, one fuck, yeah. one nipple. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I understand that, though, because to the producer's mindset, the public knows that those deaths didn't really happen. But they know that that breast is real. Okay, so if I make a paper mache breast, can I show those off? Yes, yes, you can. But if That happens the... all the time. Well, how There's about... statues and paintings that are naked in PG-13 movies. How about CGI tits? Those aren't real. I, I look what I do for a living. I'm fine with all of it, but well, obviously, I think I think the producer mindset is subconsciously 
they know the violence isn't real, so I can show it. But it's not the producer who makes that call. It's the MPAA who makes okay, the decision. Okay, the MPAA's mindset then. I don't know how it works. If I knew how it works, I'd find a way to break it down. <laughs> I live in defiance of this. I blame Visa, and I'm not even sure that's accurate. I tend to blame Visa, but I, uh, they're the censors that make my life miserable because they own all internet commerce. They're the ones that tell clips for sale. You can't use these words to show that activity, and then everybody falls in line because there's no other way to do business but by what they say. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, it, it's a horrible free speech violation. It's just nobody can stop them. Exactly, because it's like, oh no, you're free to do that. You just can't get paid for it. Yeah, exactly. And and, and you could do it in an R-rated movie. You can have rape and murder all over your R-rated movie set as long as it's not graphic. Like, what kind of dividing line is that? So, if you were to do essentially a softcore villain scene. Could you put that up? Yeah. But who'd buy it? The customers Somebody. don't want it. For sure. They want they want they're they're here for the I hardcore. I could put that on YouTube though and just say there's a hardcore version of this for everyone to buy it, but I can't link it because YouTube would shut me down. Right. You'd have to like do layer of layer, like if you're interested in the another the alternate cut of this, come to my Twitter yeah. and then from your Twitter link it to somewhere else yes. to somewhere else. It rhymes with Blim Bloodman. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I exist, though. Like, almost word of mouth. So, whatever. But it's, I'm still here. It's still good that you're able to make a living on word of mouth. I have an excellent reputation. I'm more than anything else, by amazing stroke of good luck, I was blessed with ethics. And it wasn't all my doing. It was a lot of the people that I started with. Uh, Lorelai from Bedroom Bondage, John from American Damsels, Darla Crane, the great i think the greatest fetish model of all time they were my guiding influences that and one other overwhelmingly important person in my life that i don't usually talk about because she's retired now uh they taught me that the model's comfort is foremost they taught me that the only really important thing is that the model be willing to work with you again from a selfish perspective don't fuck yourself don't fuck future you over to make a couple of bucks for a present you Future me has to live with present me's decisions. Right. So uh, from a more altruistic, don't fuck people over to make a couple of bucks. And that's, they go hand in hand. So well, I especially just, as, as tight knit as the overall industry is. And then your niche part of the industry is even more tight knit. The funny thing is the atrocities that people get away with in mainstream porn routinely get away with sickens me. It sickens me. There are parts of this industry that are every bit as bad as our, detractors would say they're they're not wrong it's there uh and they get away with it all the time we fight against it as best we can we call it delight when we can but the, it's there but in the fetishy circles the dark twisted evil circles where i live almost none of that almost none we really understand and take care of our own uh, and understand the bdsm ethic it pervades what we do consent is everywhere could always be withdrawn communication is key do it safely or don't do it at all. These are the things that govern my branch of, of adult entertainment. And they've served me well to give me the reputation that I've maintained. And especially in this business, reputation is everything. You may get away with shit for some time. You may even get away with shit for some years, but eventually it will come back to you. 
unless you're wealthy. I mean, wealth trumps reputation every time, pun intended. Uh, wealth wealth defeats reputation. It does. There are rich people that can continue to finance their own work and people still work for them. And I don't want to admit it. I hate admitting it, but it's true. There are evil people that are rich enough to just keep doing evil in our industry, just like everywhere else in the world. But I do think there are less of them in our industry than everywhere else in the world. Devil there are a lot more immoral lawyers and CEOs than there are immoral porn pundits. I agree. But also, even the the rich, potentially predatory people in this industry unfortunately keep preying on the turnover. Established performers. The new kids, yeah. Yeah. The established performers find out and like, I want no part of that. It's not worth the payday. Unfortunately, because there is such massive turnover in this industry. and you can't reach all the new kids before they do. And a we lot try. of people don't even try to reach the new kids. They just, that is one of the things, it's been a fairly top common topic of conversation on the show recently is we as an industry do a really piss poor job of bringing, adapting people to the environment. We just kind of throw them into the deep end. And if you swim, awesome. If you happen to buddy up with someone who can give you some guidance, you may do better, but that's not guaranteed. It's not like, Hey, welcome to your first day of pornography. Welcome to pornography training 101. Um, as a now second year board member for the Adult Performer Advocacy Committee. This issue weighs heavily on my mind, um, but I understand why it is because we're a, we're not a community. We're a collective of outlaws and outcasts, and we don't want to be governed. We don't want to unite. We want to be left alone to enjoy our rock star lifestyle. So it's really hard to reach 18 and a half year old or 18 and a day year old rebels who don't want to be governed it, even if you try to reach them, it's hard to reach them before a predator might. Well, and on top of it, in some situations, sadly, a predator might be the reason they're in the industry in the first place. Also possible. So it, it's it's catch twenty two in that these are you're, it's, it's way past herding cats. This is like juggling cats that are on fire while tightroping walking over a volcano. It's really difficult. Well, and you I remember you before my birthday, you'd come from an APAC meeting, and you're like, nobody showed yeah. up. Which is just it it disheartening. It's fucking disheartening. Yeah. We uh, when when like some new law rears its ugly head, or some new opponent tries to take us down, then everybody floods those meetings to try and band together. And in the meantime, I'll just eat all the pretzels myself, and we'll <laughs> go. We'll wait. You know, we'll plan. We'll plot. And we'll try to strengthen ties. What can we do? What is the plan to strengthen ties? In the in the thin times when there right isn't now, an enemy, I am uh, part of a. I don't want to say unifying effort because that sounds so fucking cheesy. I'm an outlaw too. I don't want this job. I I, I don't. I love the porn part. I don't want the <laughs> politics part. Uh, but it needs to be done, and I'm willing to do it. And I've been here long enough that I have wisdom to share. So I'm trying. So I'm part of a joint task force month weekly zoom meeting that's part adult performer advocacy committee apac it's part free speech coalition fsc uh and one or two representatives from other collectives within the adult industry who are brainstorming together to try and come up with publishable tools like standards and bill of rights and best practices nothing enforceable we have no nobody has any authority for sure uh 
but tools that we can just give people that are, if, if you want to do good and want to help and want to be ethical about this, here are tools that you could use. Or if you at least don't want to get in trouble later, here are tools you can use to protect yourself. So we're trying to come up with that and work together to solidify code of conduct within the industry as best we can. Uh, I don't want to help. God, I don't like any of that. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not an activist. I want to tie chicks to railroad tracks and demand the deeds to their ranch and filming. That's my thing. I'm a villain. I want to twirl my mustache, maybe wear a top hat and a cape sometimes, leather jacket and a pistol, whatever. I'm a bad guy. Why am I doing all this good stuff? But it needs to be done. It needs to be done. So, well, so I drink you do lot. the good stuff so you can continue to do the bad stuff. I do the stuff, good stuff because despite myself, I care. Well, and as you said, you're trying not to fuck future you. And if someone yeah. does, if someone else doesn't do it, future you may get fucked. Yeah. I'd like to keep having this job until we run out of breathable air and trees and whatever else. Oh, no, we'll have a civil war well before that. I can't wait for the, you know, in the future for the 2021 civil war reenactments. My God. <laughs> I love all the people who keep saying, fuck 2020. I'm like, did you not remember 2019? 18, 17, 16. At least since 2016, we've been like, this is the worst year ever. And then like one year later, we're like, this word, what so much has gone wrong this year. Like, do you not, it's not a calendar year thing. Nature doesn't know that we're keeping track of time that way. Human behavior doesn't know that we're keeping track of time that way. Just humans are horrible. Yep, yep, yep. We're all fucked. Oh, so fucked, dude. I'm, I'm honestly really happy we're doing this tonight. And I'm not watching the VP debates. Oh, God, fuck that. I watched the presidential debates, and I walked away from it going, we're fucked. We're just fucked. I didn't watch. I didn't want to. I watched Colbert talk about it later. It was literally... Even that was hard to do. It was literally like, I decided to have a cigar. I'm like, oh, it popped up live streaming on Facebook. Click. And then it was a train wreck I couldn't turn away from. Yeah. What I will say was comforting was the amount of people apparently that watched it and changed their minds about Trump. His own supporters watched it and went, Jesus, he's crazy. And like, that's comforting, I guess. It did some good. The people that thought they were supporting him saw him in action and went, shit, we can't give this guy the presidency. The problem is I don't... But where were you four years ago? There were debates then too. Well, unfortunately, Hillary Clinton ran one of the most repugnant campaigns in recent history. Democrats are not great at self-promotion. That's true. Well, on and top of it, the misogyny, the overwhelming misogyny in our culture. Well, you had, you had you the should mis- have addressed that better. You have the misogyny. You also have the fact that her tone deaf ass acted like this was a shoe in. Hey, that the, was a real thing. None of them took him seriously. No one took him None seriously. None of them took the rest of the country that supported him seriously. Yeah, no one took his ass seriously. And on top of it, you do stuff like, hey, we're going to Debbie Wasserman Schultz got fired from the DNC for fucking Bernie in the primaries. 48 hours later, she's t- after being fired, taken into Hillary's campaign. Hey, way to disenfranchise a lot of your fucking base. Right? Like, it was just completely fucking tone deaf. Tone deaf is correct. You're absolutely right. So, they're doing a better job of not being tone deaf, but Biden definitely said some things. Oh my God, I can't believe we got on politics. Biden definitely said some things during that debate that I felt disenfranchised some of his most motivated potential voters. Quite possibly. 
He said things like, we don't have enough booze to keep down going down this road, dude. I, I got a full bottle. That's not enough. For sure, but let me let me just make this quick point. Finish your no, I rant. You you need to get it out. <laughs> I'm getting it out, damn it! This is my platform. I can do it. I support your brother. Thank you. Biden said things like, "There is never an excuse for violent protest. There's never an excuse for rioting. Those people it's should such be a middle road guy. Right, he's and the, the last guy I would have picked. Well, and the thing about it is, it's like, hey, those people that are out there rioting and being violent, those are the most passionate fucking people that are opposed to the current status quo you're going to tell them these people that are motivated enough to go out in a pandemic and be just get off their couch and commit violence for what they believe in that there's never a reason for it way to alienate people it flies that this country was founded on violent protests that's right. why we're not a colony of great britain violent protests right I'm not saying it's always right. I'm not saying it's hardly ever right. But to just make a blanket statement like that is ad copy. Right. It's, and it's as you said, tone deaf ad copy. Right. It's tone deaf and that they all should be arrested. Like, no. Don't say that. The next thing out of your mouth is going to be they're all thugs and then I'm going to walk away. Right. Exactly. It's like these people may not vote for Trump, but they may not vote for anybody. Yeah. And you need every like little no fucking person you can. Absolutely. Yep. We're fucked. Things are going to get worse before they get. Well, I'm hoping they get a little better, but they're not. We're no, nowhere near out of the woods. Oh no, no. I mean, we're not out of the woods. We're in a situation where the president has extorted America to give them additional support because of this pandemic via Twitter. Even if, even if we get rid of this guy, we're on disaster response for at least fifty years. Not from him, just because it's all caught up. Wealth disparity, climate change. Corporate greed, uh, greed at all, it's gone, it's spiraled too far, and it's going to be disaster control for easily 50 years if we can stop it. Because the fires are going to get worse every year, the hurricanes are going to get worse every year. This is science. The same people that use their cell phones to tweet they don't believe in science, like the cell phone is some kind of magic piece of glass. It's science, you fuck weasel. <laughs> I saw the best meme today, speaking of science. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me. I'll read it to you verbatim because I will butcher it otherwise. My buddy has a T-shirt that says, "Science does not give a fuck what you believe." <laughs> like, it's so exactly true. It. It's so fucking true. Um, where the fuck did? Eh, there we go. Let's be honest. Jurassic Park is about capitalistic hubris, not science gone wrong. The science went gloriously right. That's a hundred percent true. That's a hundred percent true. People forget the point that Goldblum's character Ian Malcolm accurately predicted everything that would happen. He used science to say, "Here's what will happen if you do this," and that's exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah. I just saw that today. I'm like, Chef's kiss to that shit. It was. It was corporate hubris. That is perfectly put. Perfectly put. I love that. Like. Amazing, amazing just insight on a, what, 20-something-year-old movie at this point. It still rings true. And it's still been the point of every movie since then. Yeah. Every every movie in that franchise has about, been about some expert saying, we really ought not do this. <laughs> and some rich guy saying, no, we can do it. And then everything goes wrong. It's and like the, that's the, been the whole franchise. The fucked up part about it is that's how I feel about AI in real life. Just because yeah, we can. Well, that's, that's the whole point of Terminator, isn't it? Yeah. It's not the time travel thing. 
So it's not that conundrum. It's not watching Arnold Schwarzenegger naked on the front steps of Griffith Observatory. It's about don't create things you can't control, and it's already too late. Oh, it's already too late. And the fucked up part about it is, like, my theory is it won't go down like Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Why would they use nukes? These fuckers don't have to breathe. They can use chemical and biological warfare. They don't have to breathe. They're not affected by fucking biological or chemical agents. Why scorch the earth to do it? Yeah, as long as there's no acid rain involved, they'll be fine. Right. Like, they could just be like, mm, hey, here's super COVID. Have fun, humans. Yeah, there's that, of course. That's actually, like, I, I hope when we eventually get out of the woods that there is some science fiction where, like, the AI released COVID. Yeah, as I'm a, sure people already think it. As part of the subtle AI uprising. Because mm-hmm. it's crazy. Uh, Vice did a piece about this at least a year ago where... I think it was Boston Dynamics, put an AI in a robot and did not explain to the AI what its limbs were. And the mm-hmm. AI figured out it's on its own what its limbs were and how to control those limbs. Logic is logic. Yeah, it's Can't like surprise when it... it's, a, it's like putting an AI infant in a baby's body and it eventually figuring out how to walk. Yeah. Except this AI will eventually develop an algorithm that us monkeys aren't smart enough to fucking figure out. I really like that. Uh, what was the Johnny Depp movie where he... Giant Mnemonic? Re- uh, was it? He recorded himself like he was dying of cancer or whatever, and he recorded himself into a computer processor. Oh, no, no. The, oh, that's Johnny Depp, not uh, Keanu Reeves. Um, Singularity or some shit like that, I want to say. It might have been called that. I don't I don't remember. I saw it a little while ago, and I thought that was a drill. That's was I thought a very realistic way of looking at what might happen if you infused human consciousness into a computer. And where it would go and how fast it would evolve. I thought it was, I thought it was a good movie. Um, Amazon Prime just uh, rolled out a series called Upload. That is I have a, Amazon Prime. I'll go look. It's a comedy, but it's if you look at the actual plot of it, it's real fucking dark. As comedy should be. The plot is. I mean, they don't present it like the to- tonally. It's not dark. It's not presented dark. It's kind of presented as a, like kind of a fun rom-com. But if you look at the overarching theme of some, it's real fucking dark. So the plot is, it's the near future, and there's essentially digital heaven. When you're about to die, they can upload you to ah, a okay. yeah. cor- corporately owned digital heaven. Nice. The main character is in an, a car accident... And his girlfriend at the time convinces him to upload instead of going into surgery to potentially save his life. And then he uploads, and she controls his account. She could cancel his account at any time. The telecom company has a monthly fee for Digital Heaven. Yeah. So it's just like, that's those themes are really fucked up. The ramifications are quite complex. Yeah, and then the, the, the fucked up part about it is, it's like, lots of people are like, well, the singularity is essentially immortality, but it's like, well, this this person, yes, my consciousness may go on, but this version of me still, still exists. Yeah. Exist. yeah, like this version of me will just it raises real questions about identity, doesn't it? Yeah, the way I look at it, like everyone's like, no, but your consciousness goes on forever. You would just go to sleep and you would wake up somewhere else. No, someone else would wake up. That was me. It's like copy of a copy of you. Yeah, it's like. Copying a computer file and then deleting the and then clearing the, the fucking SIM card. Yeah. 
Like, yes. The original's still gone. Yeah, the, the SIM card is still cleared. Spooky. Yeah, it, it's fucking crazy. Like, it, it's... Alright, I'm switching over. I'm like, I need Chris. fucking hard liquor straight for this conversation. Oh my god. I love... Did you... Do you watch um, The Good Place? I have not. Oh god, dude. First of all, it's got Ted Danson in it, and you could just stop there. It's like, that's yeah. enough. I'm gonna watch it because Ted Danson's in it. And Kristen Bell is pretty easy to look at, too. Oh yeah. For sure. She's fun. Um, we're just watching the last season now on Netflix. And I got to say, it's some of the deepest, most intellectual, cleverly disguised behind comedy, but deeply philosophical. Uh, Phyllis, oh, it's so good. Dude, you have to watch. I can't even, I can't even explain how good it is. And I want to give anything away because you should absorb every minute for yourself. But The Good Place is some of the best TV I've seen, perhaps ever. I will definitely have to check it out. I will definitely, I trust your judgment on it. I will definitely check it out. It is so good. And if you start watching it, you got to tell me. You got to tell me about it so I can relive it through you. I definitely will. As my mouse decides so to good. try to liberate itself. I'm loving, I loved uh, Lucifer just because anything about the devil, I'm already on board because <laughs> he's the ultimate villain. Uh, and it's shallow. It's like, you know, <laughs> Fox TV kind of, but it's fun. Lucifer's not a villain, he's a freedom fighter. The villain is the antagonist. That's all the word really means. Hey, depends on whose side of the story you're on. He might be a protagonist. He is a freedom this is, fighter. This is the whole point of my existence, my friend. This is, well, and it's just the point of history is written by the victors. Like, are you a terrorist or are you a freedom fighter? Depends on which yeah. side wins. It really does. I remember reading that in a Wolverine comic. No, it was a, do you remember Secret Wars? Of course. Yeah, and X-Men team up with uh, all the good guys. Like, they're like, how come you're on the good guys team? And, like, Captain America says something about terrorism. And Wolverine's like, terrorist is what the big army calls the little army. <laughs> I was like, fuck! Well, hell, if America had lost, how do you think we would have gone down? It would have been a terrorist uprising. Yeah. Exactly. We would have been a rebel uprising. Yeah. It's just perspective. It, Crucial perspective that is so easily lost. I've read articles where people fighting for what they consider their freedom in the Middle East are like, how does not America, how does America give us Star Wars and then not realize they're the Empire? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Star Wars is about a desert dwelling farm boy who fights an overwhelming corporate giant because they killed his parents. Yeah. My dad is like the most diehard conservative Republican. He's a full red hat wearing, I can't talk to him these days. But he watches It's a Wonderful Life every year and thinks it's unironic that he loves the movie so much. I'm like, Dad, you are Potter. <laughs> You're not Bailey, Dad. You're Potter. Why do you like this movie? It's crying against the entire Republican agenda. People lack self-awareness sometimes. It. It's overwhelming to me. So many people. And, and so we drink. Yep, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. It's... People, you know, can't see the forest for the trees because huh? it's... Because they're on fire. Yep. Uh, well, and the fucked up part about it is the fires are partially our own fucking fault. Absolutely. It's a result of climate change. There's, well, there's it's never climate, had fires like this before. It's climate change, but it's also we're not clearing the underbrush. Well, what's funny is Trump complaining about that when that's in fact federal and not state. Yeah. So he's not clearing the underbrush is what you're saying. But it's also overwhelmingly climate. It's not just an underbrush. This, well, we've never had fires like this because some the of the fires have also changed. been like PG&E not maintaining their fucking lines. That was fucked up too, for right. sure. 
that was was like two years ago, a year yeah. and a half ago. That yeah, was the, fucking I mean, horrible. There's a I'm climate change is definitely real. Climate change is definitely mm-hmm. part of it, but it is not just like climate change. That's it. It's a whole bunch of a whole bunch of like hey, our corporate greed or our federal greed is gonna which we're gonna, cut, we're gonna cut corners. Yeah. And, uh, oh, hey, wow, we're having horrible destruction on us because we cut corners. Yeah, shit broke. Because this, that's Jurassic Park all over again. Yeah. You hired Dennis Nedry to build your fucking system. But you didn't pay him enough, so he took bribes. He was the, the lowest bidder. He was the lowest bidder. That was the whole plot. Yeah. I, I was going to talk about tits. I was going to be like, let's talk about porn and stuff. And now we're like, everything's ruined. <laughs> tits are not ruined. Tits are not ruined, Tim Woodman. Yay, tits, tits are great. I believe... I. I mean, I may be wrong. I'm not a doctor. Tech, tit technology continues to improve. That, there's some truth to that, for sure. I saw some really fine augmented breastage in the last couple of months. Hey, I, I encountered my first front opening bra. Like, why was that not a thing sooner? I'm so good at opening bras. Well, That's I'm, like a skill set for me. I'm good at old school bras. Like, I could unhook one-handed. Yeah, you <clears> need to know how. This new school shit of unhooking in the front... I love those though front loaders. Just right, <laughs> but I didn't know. I didn't know they were a thing. You need to know they're a thing, or else well, they're. I, a I know now. For sure. yeah. I know now. Like I, I went to like unhook the back, and she's like, "No, no, it unhooks in the front." I'm like, "Oh." This is the point at which you go. It unhooks where I say it fucking unhooks. Oh, I don't have With my new knife. I got a new knife when I was out uh, Very traveling nice. around. It's Very like a gas station twelve dollar knife, but it's pretty. It I is pretty. Resist. I. It's uh, the answer to the front-loading bronze. Unfortunately, I don't have replaced Victoria's Secret money at the moment. So, now now I've got to use my hands like a, like a gentleman. It's kind of one of those weird moments of questioning your own sexuality to realize how many old guys buy me lingerie so they can jerk off about it later. I don't wear it, but it's they buy it, for, they buy it and ship it to me, and I use it in videos and send them back the scraps. I'm like, I just got you off. You're doing the Lord's work. I am. Whoever the Lord is. I mean, you're Satan's work. I work for Lucifer. You're helping fight prostate cancer. I'm like, what do you desire? Yeah. No, I am, though. You're right. Get those extra loads out of there. Right? They're just toxic. It's literally getting the poison out. Absolutely. You're helping. You're you're a helpful villain. I I do my humble best. I believe greatly in the positive power of masturbation. That was a conversation I had with someone recently. It was how wild, like, dudes my age and your age, like, how taboo it was to talk about masturbation. I might make my whole living off of it. If people didn't masturbate, I'd literally have no job. Maybe maybe it was someone would be looking at your films on like an art course or something. Like, well, that was artistic. For free, though, yeah. yeah, yeah like, you'd be donating your films to a college. For spec. <laughs> <laughs> might get you a job later. No, it really won't, though. No, no, it won't. But it's the, the fact that, like, at least when I was coming up, I've, I've talked about this before, like, to admit that you masturbated was like telling other dudes like, no, I can't get laid. Yeah. When it's just like, no, no, no. Even if I'm getting laid on the regular, I may just want to get the poison out real quick. I can get laid and I don't need anybody's help to do it. I just me get laid. Yeah. It's one of those. It's weird. It's a weird thing. That, what a thing to shame people about. We unfortunately come from a puritanical society where like women are still shamed for having exactly. promiscuous, you know, having unattached sex. I want, I don't want to call it promiscuous, but like unattached sex. 
It makes no sense. I mean, it, it makes sense historically. I know where it came from. I, that doesn't justify it. I can see the narrative that brought us to here. It's just a broken narrative and we need to change it. Yeah, but those were also people that didn't have hot potable water coming out of a faucet. Right. If that many people die in childbirth, you do your best to protect women by not letting them have sex. Or that they're uncurable sexually transmitted diseases. Right. None of that's true anymore. Right. I mean, it's still true, but it's not nearly as true. There's I no mean, reason for, people for should. For fuck's sake, HIV isn't a death sentence anymore. It will suck for life, but it's not a death sentence. And I'm reminded that if we took the kind of precautions that we could, and it's so weird to me because it again rears the ugly head of corporate greed, big farmer, or whatever else it might be, you literally do not need to cure the virus. You need 12 billion tests and education for the whole planet. Because if it's not transmitted, it dies with the host. And in one generation, you could wipe it out. Yeah, but that's so, the, we have assholes that are so selfish that they fucking won't wear masks. Do you think that we have assholes that aren't so selfish that they will fuck, won't fuck while they know they're HIV positive? You're, you're absolutely right. The, my, my point is that it's the exact same problem. It's the assholes that won't wear a mask. You don't need to come up with a vaccine for the coronavirus. You just, if the whole world would then spend three weeks indoors, it'd die. It'd be gone. Well, yeah, but the government would have to subsidize us being indoors for three weeks. And the government would have to put together care packages of things like toilet paper and the things that got hoarded the minute this shit came out because people are fucking assholes and like, oh, hey, one of the possible, possible symptoms of this shit is diarrhea. So we're going to hoard all the toilet paper. Of all the possible symptoms of the zombie apocalypse to think that you're going to run out of TP, why would you panic over that? Well... It's also hyper dumb. Like, hey, we're going to lock, stay up at home. If I can't wipe my, wipe my ass, I'm going to jump in the shower. Yeah. I still have a running fucking water. There are other options, yeah. But it's like, I'm not going to run out. And I'm just going to buy enough that nobody else can have any. It's like, that's exactly why the virus is still rampant. Right. That mentality, not right. the TP itself. Well, that's the reason that AIDS will, HIV AIDS will never uh, really be stamped out. Because there will always no. be some motherfucker who has it who's just like, no. My, it's my God-given right to fuck. It's their problem last, if they get it. One of my last non-porn jobs I ever held, one of the managers there, when a project failed drastically after he didn't listen to us, in the report to his superiors, he said, we failed to take into account the fundamental nature of human beings. Like, yep, we're a flawed system. We're, we're doing our best. We're trying to get better at stuff, but there's a long way to go. Yeah, humans are fundamentally selfish, evil monsters, and it's only by socialization that we ever don't become sociopaths. It's only by good nurturing from a very early age that we develop an artificial sense of morality that didn't exist before. Well, and this is why I feel like organized religion had its place in its day. Absolutely. And until you replace it with something better, we need that. Right. One, it's just unfortunately, I'm going to piss people off with this, but whatever. Weak-minded people that still need that crutch in 2020. It should have evolved more by now. Right. To stop being moral about the wrong things, but we need it. We did need it. We don't we don't need we don't need rules written by people that didn't even shit indoors. That's what I'm saying. It should have evolved. It should have evolved. But it hasn't. We don't need religion to tell us why the sun comes up. We know why the sun comes up. But we do need religion to tell us to be good to our fellow man and update that a little bit. To be more specific about what that means. Well, we just need to tell each other as a society, good to your fellow man. I, without fail, when I was working as a private investigator, it was always the people that were the most religious I was investigating that were the most fraudulent. Yep, without question. Because, like, oh, I'll just atone for my sins to God. Like, 
I will apologize to my imaginary parent. Yep. And and all will be forgiven. I won't yeah. be I won't be in timeout forever over this. Yeah. It's literally that. It had its time. It got us to where we are. But much like analog did its job for a very long time, we primarily don't use it anymore because it's outlived its usefulness. No, you're you're 100 right. I don't disagree with you at all. You're like I came here to talk about tits and tying people up. How do we get on politics and religion in the same I'm show? I'm with you though, brother. I'm totally with you. It's just this has been the running monologue in my head for the last nine months without stop, and I can't take much more of it. I want to get back to tits. It's just the world is too broken, and somebody needs to fix it. So we talk about this stuff, hoping somebody will listen a little. Yeah, uh, unfortunately. I feel most of the people that have the ability to fix things are not my audience. That's my other overwhelming, the thought that drives me back to the bar is I can do everything in my power to be as ethical as I can and as sustainable as I can and live a life with as minimal a carbon footprint as I can and influence everyone around me to try and do better. But if the 1% doesn't change what they're doing, it's for nothing. Yeah. It's for nothing. They're going to destroy everything, and they don't care, and there's nothing I can do to stop them. They are just hoarding their wealth their wealth like dragons. Yep. Unlike times of real times of strife in the French Revolution, the American Revolution, all these other things, all these people didn't have the distractions that we have today. Revolution happens when enough people have nothing left to lose. Right. Right I'm, now, people, still feel, people are still hanging on desperately to the idea that they're going to make it through this, so they're not rocking the boat. Well... On top of it, people still have HBO, the internet, pornography. They have so many things. Oh, it's my problem. It's my fault, is it? Well, I'm distracting the do-gooders with my tits and ropes. You are, Tim Woodman. You are part of the problem. Sorry. I am a villain. Oh, I guess that makes me guilty of it, too. Yeah, you Twitch streamer, you. This podcast. I I know Joe Rogan is a controversial figure these days somehow. I mean, not somehow. He's a controversial figure these days. But he made a point on his podcast years ago that I really, really rang home with me. It's like, we live in the easiest time ever for humanity. We don't have to worry about some great beast fucking devouring us and our children. We don't have to... War is not a constant thing, at least in our part of the world. It's important to put that at least in there, because it is still. And there are people that worry yeah, about... Yeah, in our part of the children. world. But I'm not saying it's fucking complete easy mode. But it is definitely easier than it was for people even 100 years ago. You said ni- you couldn't imagine living in 1915. Which oh, yeah. In, in America? Yeah, absolutely. America, most of Europe, most of it, you know, a good chunk of Asia. Hell, even a good chunk of South America, parts of Africa. I, a lot of the world, it's never been easier to be alive. Where was Rogan going with this? Well, it's just... The point that, like, where I'm going with this, I was just saying that, like, I'm regurgitating a point Joe Rogan mm-hmm. made. I don't want people to be like, Matt's just plagiarizing Joe Rogan. Where I'm going with this is, it's hard to rock the boat when you're living even in relative luxury. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you've got too much to lose. Why would you rock the boat? Right. You know, if you rock the boat, it may tip over. Yeah. Believe me, I, I have real concern that shit's going to get violent in the very near future for us as Americans. And and me and you as being older white dudes of relatively okay income are not going to fare well in that violence. Yeah. Honestly, I'm okay with that. If there's an uprising and the wealthy are destroyed and I get caught up in it, I'm going to call myself a legitimate casualty and I'm going to die in peace. 
That's you, not me. I'm doing my part right now to try and help things, but the overwhelming greed of the few wealthy powerful is a difficult force to reckon with. It is. Their ability to dehumanize their fellow man and not give a fuck about their plight. Well, and companies like Amazon are seeing exactly record five profits. times their ever record profit during all of this, and still paying their employees minimum wage. I mean, what that sh- what that dude should have done instantly is like every frontline essential worker. I just tripled your salary. Fuck my stockholders. You are essential. I tripled your salary. That's what he should have done. And if he'd have done that, he'd still have seen five times record profits because everybody'd be like, "Fuck yeah, Amazon." Well, and he might have seen even more profit because. Hey, right People now, if, if, you're, if you're a minimum wage, minimum wage worker, especially back in March, when you're getting yeah. that extra 600 a week on unemployment, yeah. Yeah. oh, hey, I can go risk my life and do back-breaking labor where I may get penalized for using the bathroom in an Amazon factory or Amazon yeah. warehouse, or I can get myself fired and... Deal pot. Deal pot and collect 1,800, you know, yeah. at least 1,200... Mm-hmm. every two weeks from the government because of... And then his company has to hire and train new screw-ups who have not been trained to do the job and are willing to do it for minimum wage. Or you could pay people a decent fucking wage and they'd stay and get great at their jobs and work for you harder and more gratefully because you're treating them well. Right. It's like wisdom says, spend the money to make the money. It's short-sighted greed that says... Fuck people over in the short term so you can get rich in the short term. Well, it's, it's not even, they don't even look at those people. They look at those numbers like, hey, this yeah. warehouse numbers are down. Like, let these people go. Mm-hmm. We'll figure out a way to replace them. Like, yeah. Employee ID numbers, this, 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 and this need to go because they're doing it's so stupid. It, yeah, it's just the way the world Overwhelmingly stupid. Hell, this week I quit a gig that I've been doing for better part of a year at this point because. They weren't honoring their commitments to me because I felt mm-hmm. like I was being a you. I was being used. Uh, let me let me pitch this situation to you. All right, I'm listening. I'm here for you, buddy. Client, you know it. It was a weekly, a weekly gig. Like we were filming mm-hmm. weekly. COVID happens. We slow down to next to nothing. We stopped for a couple months. We got back on production in the last couple months. It's was supposed to be once every week. It's been like once a month. Mm-hmm. Last month, they canceled with under 24 hour notice. Mm-hmm. I went. This isn't really cool. We have to develop a kill feed going forward. We didn't establish one. If this is going to be like this, we need a kill feed going forward. They agree. But didn't establish one? No, we established one. Oh, okay. We established 48 hours. I was supposed to film last night. I get a text at 6.15 p.m. on Sunday going, hey, the client has business. We're going to have to, you know, reschedule. And I went, okay, I'd like my kill feed then. And I'm asked, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's 48 hours from 7 p.m. You're not entitled to that kill fee. It's 48 hours and 45 minutes is what you're saying? Is what you tried to say. Yeah. And I went, um, no, that's not, that's not how it's happening. Especially because the client on the last five, the last five tapings has been four to five days late to pay me. So your request of me being flexible on this is not happening. Like unless I'm paid that kill fee. Good luck replacing me. Yeah, I'm out. And I get a shit text from the producer who's like, you blew it. Yo, I was trying to keep this pro- project alive and you blew it. I'm like, man, fuck yourself. And I didn't though. Yeah, you did. Yeah. It's like. Don't treat your people like that. Exactly. It don't, don't treat your people. And like, if this had been the first, second, third, or fourth time that this producer had not pulled, tried to pull some shady shit like that, I might be a little, or hell, 
if he had even said, like, the client had a fucking emergency pop-up, we have to reschedule. I probably would have been understanding. But to tell me when we got on a call, initially to tell me the client yeah. has business, so we have to reschedule. And then when we got on a call, like, oh, the client forgot we were recording. Okay, so counterpoint. Uh, hopefully a better example, although it was painful for me. I did get a job about, uh, this is about a month ago, and I'm not going to name names just because the story ended okay, but I don't want people to get weird about it. Um, uh, shoot set up a regular customer of mine. No, this is a brand new customer. Uh, he had said, I want this gal. I want her dressed like this in this bondage position. Could you put her in this kind of, it's a lot goes into this. So this dude had easily 3000 bucks on the line for this video sitting in cash in my safe. Uh, we get to the day of the shoot and it got rescheduled once because something went wrong. And we get to the day of the shoot finally. And I have a very small set, but one crew member showed up without a valid COVID test. And the model had a shoot the next day with a very persnickety director who entirely within his rights would have demanded to know who she was with yesterday and whether everyone there had a test. And she would have lost the gig and it was a better paying gig. Right. She's like, I can't, I can't do the job. I'm like, I totally understand. And this was my fuck up because I thought I told that guy, you need to test for this. You know, you need to test for this. It didn't occur to me that he didn't realize that because everybody needs to test for everything right now. And right. He just, it somehow slipped his mind. And I'm such a nice guy that I think a lot of people take advantage of that. And in this case, I had to let him. So I had paid, I had prepaid $500 for a location fee that day. For a location that was closing the next day, owner moving to Boston, never available again. And it was the last dungeon in L.A. with the specific equipment I needed to shoot the shoot. So I paid $500 non-refundable. And camera and crew and talent. The talent, bless her. I told her, here's your money. And she said, no, keep it. We'll reschedule. Because I'm like, I'm not going to fuck this up. I need to know that you'd be willing to work with me again someday. I was prepared to walk away from three grand and just somehow explain it to my customer. Uh, So she was cool. And she gave me back her portion of the money. Uh, The cameraman was cool as well. The location person was like, I prepaid you and I'm not going to ask for it back. And they moved to Boston. I just lost that money. It's gone. Yeah. But I did the right thing. I told everybody, this is, this is my fuck up. Here's your kill fees. And I went back to the customer and said, I'm not the one that didn't get the test, but I was responsible for that day's shooting. You can have all your money back and I'll pay out of pocket the difference or we can reschedule it and I'll pay out of pocket the difference or whatever else you want to do. You just let me know. That transparency saved the day because then the customer was like, that totally sucks. It wasn't really your fault. How about we compromise on the money lost? And we did that. So I ended up being able to reschedule the shoot and modifying it. I'm like, I, I don't have the equipment to do the thing you first wanted to do. So he's like, well, why don't you give me a discount? I'm like, here's your discount. 100%. So I ended up producing the shoot for a small loss. I think net I lost like $300 out of pocket, but everybody else got paid. But all of those people are willing to work with me again. I didn't burn any bridges. Like your producer friend is like telling you that you blew it and you're never going to work for that guy again. Oh no. I that guy. I 100% Fuck told him, guy. told him to lose my fucking number. Like, yeah, especially cause you know, the kill fee was in the grand scheme of things, a hundred bucks. Pay the fucking hundred dollars. So that person is willing to work with you again. Right. And yeah. the, the worst part about it is like the client, the client's a millionaire. 
Like the client yeah. is legitimately a millionaire. Like yeah, he wipes his ass with hundred dollar bills. And the, the producer, well, and I even said that to the producer. I'm like, the client forgot that we had a recording. I'm entitled to this kill fee. He can afford it, and he threw that back in my face. Like that's really shitty of you for you to say that the client can afford it, and then you're entitled to. It. I'm like, yeah. No, it's accurate. Yeah. It, what's what's shitty about pointing that out? Oh, yeah, he's just trying to gaslight me into. Fuck that guy. Oh, yeah. Fuck that guy. 100%. That's fuck the it. bad example. I'm hoping I live by the good example. I well, hope you, I no, do you the right live thing. by the good example. And, like, back in the day, like, I don't know if you're aware, but, like, back in the day, I ran a record label, did music management. I think you told me that. But 100%, it was always instilled to me when I started working in music, was my artists get paid first. Yeah. I get any cream that is left over on the top. They did the work. I facilitated the work. Right. Exactly. So, Full disclosure, those $3,000 shoots I'm talking about, I take home 500 bucks if everything goes right. Right. The rest of that money is to the model and location everything else. I don't make $3,000. I make 500 bucks, which is my performance fee, minus the fact that I was also executive producer, producer, director, assistant director, grip, and coffee guy. Yeah. So, so ladies, if you think that it's the 90s and you're going to be fucking filthy rich making your own porn, it's not happening. It's easier if you have your own tits. It does. And a boyfriend. It does. But I'm fine with that. You know what? If the, if this is the one industry where reverse misogyny rules and women make more money for less effort than men, I'll take the hit. Exactly. Because that's the one industry. Everywhere else they're fucked and we're not. But it's just, I don't know. It's always been instilled in me in entertainment. Like, if I'm the facilitator, it is my responsibility to make sure my people are taken care of first. Absolutely. I agree completely. Because... At the end of the day, if I piss off all these people and none of them want to work with me, well, what you am I ever going to... Yeah. What am I ever going to facilitate? I'm not going to get up there and fucking play a guitar. I got no and talent. the point, there's still that guy that even if you get away with it, there's that guy that you look at when you're brushing your teeth in the morning. And I don't necessarily mean your gay lover that you make eye contact with while you're brushing your teeth. I don't know what you do in your private life. But the guy in the mirror looks just like you. He knows. I got to wake up and look myself in the eye while I'm shaving. And I do that because I did the right thing the day before. Apparently, there's no mirrors in the Trump Mar-a-Lago bathrooms. I don't know. I don't know why so many people can get away with not looking themselves in the eye the next morning. Oh, vampires don't appear in mirrors. Good point. If you have no soul, you have no reflection. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> As a villain, you'd think I would. Yeah. Like, oh, I wanted to show you something else real quick. Oh, what we got? What this we got? Been, this has been sitting under my drink this whole evening. Oh, yeah. The old school AVN. <laughs> this stays on my desk always. Everything I drink while I'm in this room, it sits on this coaster. Oh. Oh. Always there. I appreciate that. <laughs> have a good time at your show, man. We have a good time talking oh, we'll definitely have a good time. Man. I, I know... This is a little, some of the topics are a little more serious than usual, but you know, we sadly live in a little more serious time. We do. Talk about some tips. Let's change the happy times. I got to work with Ashley Lane the other day. Tell me about that. Ashley Lane, um, there's a lot to unpack there. I think she's one of the mega stars. If there was still a concept of A-list as there was back in the VHS era, I believe she's on her way to being A-list talent. She's been, I don't know, eight years or something in the business. And she started out fetish and bondage and worked her way through triple X. She does everything now. But I think her heart is in like my kind of content, bondage and force fantasy. 
And uh, we've worked together once or twice before. Um, and she's just overwhelmingly adorable. I met her for the first time only like two AVNs ago, I think. And she made a, she went out of her way to introduce herself to me. And I was like, I was looking for her. Like, I want to meet <laughs> Ashley Lane. She's like, you're Tim Woodman. I was like, oh, God. Oh, God. Um, and she told me, um, I don't know how much of this I need to disclose because I try to be discreet, but my beloved when I started in the industry was a fetish model by the name of Dorothy Lane. Um, she's retired and gone. Now she's just my sweetie and I don't say her real name very often, but we're still together 25 years later. Wow. Ashley Lane told me, I know who your sweetie is. It's why I chose my stage name. And I want to send you, uh, I just, I'm like, oh, this is so cute. It's so cool. So to get to work with her again was something really special. And we shot some shit, dude. I'm going to release some shit in two days from the date of this recording. On Saturday, I'm, I'm releasing something that's, it's good. Oh. I don't know if I can pull up a, uh, I'm going to try and find a picture at least that I can post to your, to the screen here real quick. Let me know if it doesn't let you screen share. Yeah, I'm not good at this stuff. The whole Zoom thing is a nightmare to me, but I'm going to see if I can find something. Can can we show nipples, just not sex? Yes. Okay, hold on then. Because this was shot on like a tripod. We didn't even pay for a cameraman, so it's not fantabular. But, oh, here. There, can you see that? That is a butt. That Um, is a nice butt. That is also a vagina, though. Oh, well, it's mostly covered. Shit. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Well, uh, thanks for the post-production work, Tim. It almost almost worked. All right, now how do I unshare this shit? Oh, stop share. There it is. <laughs> whatever, whatever. Well, I'll, I'll just in post. I'll you, can, put a, you can. I'll put a black bar across it in, in post. Fix that shit in post. But that girl, she's something special. And just to mention, we got like ten minutes left. I just want to mention yeah. something really pleasant in the midst of all this unpleasantness. She's a delight and a joy and a super sweet gal. And I had such a fun time working with her. Awesome, awesome. Ashley Lane. I will have to look her. Maybe get her on the show. She should. She actually, we we did a, a kind of a content trade, but I also promised to teach her some fundamentals of throwing a single tail. And I didn't, I should have set up a camera and just shot it while we were cracking whips in my backyard. But I, I'm, I'm teaching her how to finesse a single tail. And nice. she's just something super special. So keep your eye out for that. I will. I'll look, I'm out of my, my contact info. We'll have her on the show. Let's do it. I bet she would. I'll bring her in here. I'm going to try and get her in the car for my four-star drive-through segment too, but we'll see. Yeah. Speaking of talent that like I'm working with that has really impressed me. Uh, I'm next week having Crystal Taylor on. I don't know if you've met Crystal yet. She's I have pre- not. She's pretty new. Uh, she's already kind of blown me away with her work ethic. That's cool. She was referred to me from a different industry podcast and like the host hit me up and was like, Hey, would you like to have Crystal Taylor on? I'm like, sure. I'm always down to, yeah, you know me. I'll talk to anybody. Sure. And talk to me. Oh shit. You're at my birthday. Don't, don't, don't woe is me. You'll talk to me. Poor old Tim Woodman. You'll talk to poor I old Tim nobody Woodman. Nobody and you know it. Crystal Taylor, C-R-Y. Yep. I'm looking her up. And I told him like, give her my contact info. Cause I'm not going to try to slide into her DMS. It'll get lost in the sea of penises. Let's oh just... yeah. You can't do that. It's... And, Oh, what a cutie pie. 
30 seconds later, she's DMing me like, so what's good? No shit. That's yeah. really cool. I'm like, oh, holy fuck. I'm so, you you know how it goes. Like, these huh. things really take time. You like, jump on that. Yeah. Like, and just the fact that like, her work ethic, she's like, you know, let's do the show. This is what I want to do. This is what I'm about. Like, just, she, um, nice. video messaged me the other day. Like, I just wanted to get a vibe for who you are before we do the show. I'm just like, nice. Very few performers. That means the world, right? Yeah. Every now and then I'll have a performer I've never met before wants to have a phone call before we shoot together. I'm like, yes, let's do. Yeah, 100%. That's it's, so great. Especially when, like, we're going to be bullshitting for an extended length of time. I I appreciate that, you know, you're looking to feel like how it's going to go. Not Yeah. Now imagine if she was willing to let a total stranger tie her up and perform a forced fantasy on her. Isn't, wouldn't we both be better off if you've met me first, at least on the phone? Exactly. Demi Sutra. Do you know who she is? Uh, I've heard the name. I don't know her. She's overwhelmingly gorgeous. Super sweet, nice gal. And uh, I booked her through her agent. This is a year and a half. I don't know. I, time has lost all meaning since March. Uh, but I booked her some time ago, back before all of this shit happened. And it's a pretty dark, brutal, evil shoot. And I told her agent, look, be sure she's on for this because I don't want her to show up and not have a good time. Right. And she called me. He's like, I just want to talk to you first and tell you what I'm willing to do. And I'm not. And I was like, I have the customer's money. So I don't I, I, I care about him, but I don't. I care about you. And I told her, if you don't want to do something, we don't do it. And I'll make it right with my customer later. And. She was felt so good after that conversation with me. And then we showed up to do the shoot and we had another long conversation. She's like, I might or might not do the following things during set. And I reiterated, you don't have to do anything. I'll give you all your money. You can go home right now. I don't want you to come away from this feeling like something went wrong. And by the end of the shoot, she's like, I'll do whatever you want. And I pissed in her mouth in that shoot. And I was like, this is. (laughs) That's amazing. She's like, I don't usually do this, but I trust you. Let's do this. I'm like, oh my God, you are so. It, it's so worth it when they call to verify for themselves. I'm glad you had the same experience with this lovely young lady. Yeah, I'm really looking Not forward to that podcast. Uh, really looking forward to it. And if I can try to steer her your way so you can tie her up, I will do so. I'm there. I know you I'm are. I'm there. That's one of the beautiful I'm parts about this industry. Is, it, it is so much on word of mouth and referrals and and money, and that's the part where things fall apart. Sometimes, sometimes not. Well, it's business. You can't expect everything to be. We are all still here to make a paycheck, and I don't. I recognize that my time is worth half to a little bit less than half the value of a female performer's time. Like I did a content trade the other day. In fact, it was with Ashley Lane, and I recognize your 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 time is more valuable than mine. So I paid her half her rate and shared all the content with her rather than paying her nothing. And we both share the content, which is like literally paying her half her rate. I did that and paid her half her rates just so she didn't go away empty handed or feel like I took advantage of anything. Cause I'm just, you know, I'm a male performer. We make less. This so content is not fair, but she's a total sweetheart. Lucky for me. She seems to think I'm kind of nice and we shot some amazing, great stuff. Together, well, so. and unfortunately that's one of the other things that gets exploitive sometimes in the industries content trades sometimes are just for male talent to try to get laid. Yeah. Fuck that. I mean, I'm in such a lucky, I, I, 
privileged position. I have a wonderful girlfriend. We've been together for 25 years. I am not wanting for sexual gratification. And I'm totally cool with jerking off. If she's not in the mood, I'll go jerk off. I don't I have no problem with that. I work because it's my job and I'm good at it. It's not that I don't enjoy my job, but I'm there to create art with talent that I think is worth creating art with. I'm not there to get laid. I can get laid a lot easier without porn. I agree. You don't but have to worry about cameras and shit. Exactly. Or, you know, opening the girl up to the fucking camera and... Fuck all that. Oh, God, that's a pain in the ass. Exactly. That's... Literally sometimes. But I'm bum. Well, and this is why, like, when I have civilian friends, like, oh, yeah, look, you know, all that porn sex. I'm like, nah, you don't nah, want that. You don't want that. You don't want, it takes a very particular mindset. Again, it's not that I don't enjoy the work, but it's work. Right. Even when it's fun work, it's work. Exactly. I'm thinking about so many things and there's lights and there's awkward positions and you're like one foot on an apple box because you're not the same height. That's a lot to deal with. Is your cameraman paying attention? Is is he like two inches away from your ball sack? Yeah. Well, that's that's the the classic trope of like when because I've never I've never wanted your job. You know, my decade plus in at this point, I've never wanted your job. Not once. Not on a mainstream set. Not on a fetish set. I have never wanted your job. And everyone's like, well, "Why don't you want that job?" I'm like, "Cause." This is Maestro Claudio, and can you imagine him leaning over you with a camera while you yeah. try to be intimate with someone? Yeah. And then add in the fact that, like, I may make some poor choices about who I fuck in my life, but they're all my choices. When you're starting male talent, you don't get to make that choice. I was very lucky that way as well. I skipped some of those steps because of the people I got in with at the beginning. But And I've been very lucky. In 20, almost 25 years I've been in the industry... I can think of two people that I shot with that I'd rather I didn't shoot. I, I, I'd rather I didn't shoot that day. All the rest of them have been amazingly lovely, wonderful people. But that's not most people's experience. No, definitely not. You find something. Because some of them, like, I, we got nothing, but that's not a negative. So I'm going to focus on some feature of yours that I can stare at while I'm trying to turn this balloon animal into a hard-on. <laughs> But that's, that's, the, that's the visual for me. It's like you have to blow up a balloon and then tie it before it. It's <laughs> difficult. Well, and that's that's part of the mentality of being male talent, especially if you're doing it without drugs. And because I, I I've said this before, like people who can do the job without drugs have a special something going on in their head. I could tell you, hey, Tim Woodman, go fuck a brick wall, and you'd probably be able to go fuck a brick wall. You'd find something, some curve in that if brick you wall. Draw some tits on it, yeah. Yeah, probably. exactly. But Matt Slayer, you're like, hey, Matt, go fuck that brick wall. I'd be like, nah. Not everyone can do the fucking job. It requires certain physical and mental and emotional attributes that I happen to have, but not everybody has to have. And. And what I don't get is the guys are like, I, I, I want to fuck a porn star. It's like, most of them are escorts too. Not all of them, but most of them. If you have the money and you pay them, you could fuck a porn star and you don't have to do all the camera and lights and shit. Well, but that's the thing. The people that are like, I want to fuck a porn star generally are so disconnected from, it's all in their fantasy realm. They, it's all, yeah, they don't understand what that means. Right, they don't understand what that means. And they don't want to pay for an escort because... That means she doesn't want him in their mind. 
So does the porn star. Well, or neither does a porn star. Yeah, that's the real world, not in their fantasy world. In the fantasy world, in the fantasy world, remember. there's proof that I got to fuck the object of everyone's mm-hmm. desire. Yeah, which really means you're attracted to the other men watching. Is this some weird status contest? Yeah. One well, of my favorite lines, I don't remember who it was anymore. Somebody I was working with who had not done my kind of content before. And I was like, the great part about my shoot is you don't have to pretend to enjoy it. And she just said, but she just busted out laughing. Like, that's the best news I've heard all day. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and that's the fucked up part about like civilians that do want to date performers. Back to my sort of my point before that was about the, you know, oh my god, the object of everyone's desire wants me. That's yeah, they're already dehumanizing that person and turning them into an object of desire. Right, and on top of it, most of those dudes can't cope the minute their performer significant other goes back to work. Yeah. Like, well, it's not for everybody. No, it's definitely not. I mean, it's been a topic of conversation on the show with multiple people about like, hey, you really should think about what you're signing up for before you decide that you want to date a performer. Yeah. You'd be amazed how many performers I know who spend their evenings on Tinder, tw- uh, uh, Tinder looking for somebody to fuck oh, yeah. that doesn't know who they are. The amount of... One of the things that... When I occasionally have female friends who think it's think the industry's quick money, and think that it's fucking nineteen ninety and they're going to be a vivid contract star, yeah. which doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't. Be, I do everything in my power to be like dissuade anyone who wants to try to get into the industry. Like I'm happy to help people that want it, but I will give you every possible negative angle I can think of when you, you come to, to me know about, all about that. Yeah, and then. If you still want to go forward after I have laid it all out for you, then I'll help you. But one of the things I spell out to them is like, be prepared to be lonely. Yeah. Being a performer is a really lonely existence for a lot of women. It really is. Which leads to a lot of weird high school romance with other performers off camera, which I've, I've sidestepped most of. I've had one or two moments where despite my better judgment, I got involved with the performer and I went sideways. And now, and you know, I lost a friend or two over it. And I'd rather have had them as a friend. Yeah, because unfortunately we're in high school. This is high school where everyone fucks. Kind of, yeah. A lot of gossip, a lot of bullshit. And the, the performer on performer romance sometimes works, a lot of times doesn't. A lot of times doesn't. It's an unfortunate nature of the situation was like, oh, well, at least when you're dating another performer, you theoretically don't have the jealousy and, you know, the jealousy issues. I've seen it as much as anywhere else. Oh, no, it definitely happens, but theoretically. Theoretically, but uh, again, I I never see it. They're all like, work is work, but don't get your dick wet off camera or, you know, or in, in either direction. It's like, what you do on camera is your job and what you do off camera is your romance. Don't cheat on me. Like I, I don't. I'm. That is not my existence. I am. I'm not. I don't. Uh, there's no jealousy with me. Well, it's, me and my sweetie have been together 25 years, and we've been in an open relationship the whole time. She's had other long-term seven, eight-year romances, and I've had five-year romances. 
And we just, that's who we are. So it baffles me when people are like, don't do this or don't do that. Well, limitations isn't part of romance to me. I get where you, I totally get that what works for you. But for me, if that's their ground rules and they both agree to it, they should be able to abide by what they agreed to. If Absolutely. I, this, my rules aren't for anybody else. This, they're for me. Right. And But if one party uh, agreed to if those rules. If you agree rules, to a rule, don't break it. Right. If you're agreeing to a rule that you're not able to consent to, but you're doing it to try to appease the other person, you shouldn't be doing it. Yeah, that's no good. Like, there's plenty of people that I've seen that are like, yeah, we're going to do an open relationship and only one party's actually into it. And that's a oh, problem, yeah. too. Oh, yeah, that's no good. Tim, before you run, where can they find everything? It's all pro villain something. Just make sure you spell it A I N pro villain. Pro villain is not a word. <laughs> I'm on Twitter at pro villain. It's provillain.com. I got OnlyFans. It's free. It's just where I post my content, like my freebies and stuff. OnlyFans slash pro villain. AVN stars, pro villain. Everything. I try to keep it easy. Definitely. Damn and check out Porn Star Drive Thru and Villain Croons if you're in for some free YouTube fun. Hell yeah. And be sure to. It will be out by the time this drops, but be sure to check out Tim's new hot new scene that's coming out in 48 hours from now. Oh, dude. I'm looking forward to that. It's if be you're awesome. listening to this on audio, you should see how Tim's face lights up when he talks about this. <laughs> he's beaming. He's fucking beaming talking about this scene. It's going to be good. But in the meantime, as always, you can find me at Matt underscore Slayer on Twitter, Matt Slayer on Instagram, Matt F and Slayer on Facebook, Matt... Uh, Twitch.tv slash Matt F and Slayer. I'm going to drink more. Definitely. Fucking up my own. Du- fucking up my own sign off. You can find the podcast. At, and now we drink on Twitter. And now we drink underscore on Instagram. And until next week, drink up, motherfuckers. It's good to see you, my friend. It's always good to see you, Tim. Cheers. Cheers.